we are in the next to last uh, Sunday of this series called Chosen. And I, I want you to understand this may be the most unique, the most unique Mother's Day message you've ever heard. Because I'm not going to ask who the oldest lady is here. I'm not going to ask who the youngest mother is here. I'm not going to give an award for the lady who brought the most of her children and grandchildren to be here with you. If you've been to church somewhere and they did all those things, scratch it. We're not doing that today, all right? And, if, and, and as, as Sarah was sharing with you earlier, we've designed this, this day to talk about what it means to be chosen by God, whether you're male or female, to be chosen. And ladies, we want to honor you, but we also want to honor God. And so this morning, I'm going to read you a story in a moment or two about a, about a lady in the Scriptures whose name you might know, whose little bit of her story you might know, but, but today we're going to look at her whole story. Today we're going to, we're going to embrace the, the, the whole story of, of the impact of this lady in Scripture who was chosen to lead. Now, I, I, I love the story because it's a story about a woman who breaks all the 20th century paradigms about women, all right? And we're in the 21st century, so maybe, maybe that's really what we ought to do. I think it's time in the church for us to embrace the reality that God chooses people. God chooses men, God chooses women, and He uses men and He uses women to tell other people about Jesus Christ. And he empowers us and he strengthens us. And so today, on this Mother's Day, while we celebrate you ladies, and why, by the way, if you gave us your address, you should have received in, in the mail a, a gift from us. If, you've, if it doesn't come in the next few days, call our church office. Here's what the gift is. It's a, a little packet of seeds. And we want you, obviously, we waited till Mother's Day to send it out because we live in Indiana, and everybody who lives in Indiana knows you don't plant anything before Mother's Day. They told me that when I first got here, all right? And so, we, we, ladies, we just want to supply you with some seeds for your garden so that this year, if you could plant them this summer as they grow, you can be reminded of just how special you are to us. This lady that I want to tell you about, I, I find her story so interesting because of the way it's introduced to us in the book of Acts. Do you remember last week when I told you that, uh, that Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke, the physician, were chosen to help? That they were chosen by God to respond to a vision that Paul had of a Macedonian man asking them to come to Macedonia and help us. Now, here's why I love this story. When you read the 16th chapter of the book of Acts, and you see that story, and you see that Paul and Timothy and Silas and Luke, they take the first ship they can get. The expectation is, right, there was a man in the vision, so they're going to, they're going to show up in Macedonia, and there'll be a man waiting for them. But that's not the story. This is the story of the first person to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord on the continent of Europe. And I need you to know, ladies, the first person to accept Jesus as Savior and Lord on the continent of Europe was not a man. It was a woman. Just like the first people to, to see Jesus, the first person to see Jesus resurrected, it was a group of women, and then it was Mary. Ladies, we are so indebted to you because without you and your faith, we wouldn't know about who Jesus is. 
The story, the story is about a lady named Lydia. Listen, as I read from Acts chapter 16, I'm going to start in verse, uh, let's start at verse 11. So, setting sail from Troas, after they'd had this vision, we, Paul, Silas, Timothy, Luke, made a, a direct voyage to Samothrace, and following, the following day to Neapolis. Now, Samothrace was an island in the middle of the sea as they were headed from one place to the other. You could take the ship there and have this, this direct voyage and have passage and be sheltered from the winds. And then from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. Now, Luke, Luke the physician is almost a master of understatement here when you read this. And he says, you know what? It, it, it was a, a leading city. Now, let me, let me tell you about Philippi. Philippi was known as Little Rome. It had, been, it had been started by Alexander the Great's father, Philip. When he had conquered that area, he named it. He named it after himself, Philippi. And when the Romans conquered it, it was in such a strategic location for the, for the port and for a road that the Roman Empire built that it became known as Little Rome, and Roman soldiers who spent their entire life serving Caesar, protecting the homeland, when they were given the opportunity to retire, they would be given a home in Philippi. They would be given an opportunity to, to go to this place. It was very wealthy. Lots of mines in the hills nearby there. Trade routes that came through it. It was, when Luke says it was a leading city, you have to understand, this was a city that was cosmopolitan. This was a city that had connections to the whole world. Anybody who was anybody had been to Philippi. And when Paul and Silas and Luke ended up there with Timothy, look what happens. We remained in the city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer. And we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. And after she was baptized in her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. So here's this lady, Lydia. Why is she at the place of prayer? She's not Jewish. See, the place of prayer was, was designed in a city like Philippi or any city in the world where there were not ten Jewish men. To have a synagogue... To have a synagogue, there needed to be 10 Jewish men in that city. And so if there were 10 Jewish men, they could create a synagogue. Maybe it would be in a house. Maybe it would be in, in a hall somewhere in the city. It might not be a structural building, but they could, they could have a synagogue and have Jewish worship. And, and so here are Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke. And, and you remember Paul, as always, when he goes into a new city, he looks for the synagogue. So he looks for the synagogue, and there's not one, because this is a Roman colony, because this is a place filled with retired Roman soldiers, because this is a very affluent place, and there, there are some Jewish families, but there are not 10 Jewish men. And so, 
in those cities where there was no synagogue when Sabbath came, it was customary for Jewish people to, to gather together, the few of them that were there, women, children, the six, seven, eight men, whoever it was, just not, not ten. If there were ten, they could have a synagogue. They would find a place near a river so that they could participate in the cleansing rituals that were a part of the Jewish Sabbath. And so here goes Paul and Silas and Timothy, Luke, out past the city gates to the place of prayer by the riverside. When they get there, they, they meet this lady, Lydia. Now, I, I, I'm so fascinated by this because the the dream that he had, the vision that he had, was a man from Macedonia who said, come and help us. But when the company gets there, what they meet is not a man who is influential and powerful. No, no, they, they meet a lady who's not even Jewish. And, and yet, she's there. She's what is referred to as a God-fearer. Somewhere, somehow in her life, she'd heard about this, this Yahweh that the Jewish people worshipped. And, and somehow in her life, in her business travels, where you see, when it says she was a seller of purple goods and she was from Thyatira, uh, purple was, it was, a, it was an ma amazing thing to be a dealer in purple goods. Th this woman is a very wealthy businesswoman. See, th this day I want you to hear, I want you to understand. That, that God chooses leaders, not based on their gender, but based on their hearts. Not based on, not based on their place of, of heritage in terms of faith, but based on their calling, their hearts, their willingness to listen, to learn. I mean, leaders chosen by God come in all shapes and sizes. And you, ladies, we honor you on Mother's Day because... You are leaders because you are people who lead other people. If you don't think a mom is a leader, watch a mom with a small kid. That child, that child better listen to mom. I mean, in my house growing up, okay, my dad was the preacher. He was the guy that everybody knew in town. He was the big boisterous personality. But my brothers and I, no, it was mama was in charge, all right? Because if mama said, you would, in fact, if mama said your full name, were your parents like this? If she said, hey, Carrie, come do this, no big deal. But if it was Carrie Brent Robinson, get you, I'm in trouble. Because mama's in charge. But can I tell you something? Ladies, even if you've never been blessed with a child, you've been chosen to be a leader. Here's Lydia, a businesswoman, a, a, a woman who is seeking God, a, a woman who is who is in charge of her household, which means, which means that she's either divorced or widowed or that her household was not her physical children. It was all the servants and people who did business with her. See, we, we've, we've taken over the last hundred years and we've painted a box and said, hey, ladies, here's where your place is in the box. And what Scripture does is Scripture just blows the doors off the box. Knocks the walls down and says, hey, look, ladies, today, if you're here and you've never been married, you've been chosen to be a leader. Hey, ladies, if you're married to the same man for 50 years, you've been a leader. He's still there. <laughs> hey, single mom, 
you're not alone. God is with you. See, that's what we want you to understand is that regardless of your life situation, regardless of what's going on, there are people's stories in Scripture like Lydia's that allow you and me to know that the God of the universe who has chosen us to serve, who has chosen us to learn, who's chosen us to help, He's also chosen us to lead, to lead ourselves and to lead others. And so this morning, I, I want to walk us through that passage again, and I want us to look at some things about Lydia and who she is and what she was about. Look with me. You see, so setting sail from Troas, we made a direct voyage to Samothrace, and the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city in the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. Now, here's what I want you to know. Godly leaders, godly leaders make themselves available to God. Godly leaders make themselves available to God. Lydia didn't have to be at the place of prayer on Sabbath. Lydia was a successful woman. Lydia, Lydia had a household to care for, a business to run, but she took the time on the Sabbath to make herself available to hear God. Friends, male or female, in the room, online, watching us later this week on demand, my question for you is this, are you making yourself available to God? Are you finding the places in your life where God, God can speak to you? Some of you know that one of my favorite stories out of history comes from the family of John Wesley. John and Charles Wesley, great leaders of the church in the 19th century. And, and, they, and they used to tell the story about their mom, the fact that they were rather rambunctious young men, according to Charles, and that uh, in their household they were constantly creating havoc. And their mother could find no place of peace, no place of solace. I don't know where the place is in your house, ladies, but, but, but I'm, I'm, I know you've got to have one. If you're going to survive and you've got a family, you've got to have a place. I mean, in, in, in our house, there are some places where if my wife is sitting there, <laughs> you just don't interrupt, okay? That's her spot. And, 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 and so for Charles and John Wesley, their mother couldn't find that spot. So you know what she would do? in their kitchen, which was the main hub of their, of their home, when she was at work in the kitchen, if she just got to the spot where she just needed to, needed to talk to God, she'd just throw her apron over her head and just stand there in the middle of the room. Charles said, the first time John and I ran by, we went, what's up with mom, you know? But we discovered mom was praying for us. See, Friends, whether you're male or female, old or young, educated or uneducated, you can lead, and you can lead because you've been chosen by God to lead. I love the fact that the first convert to Christianity in Europe was a woman who made herself available to God by being at the place of prayer where she could hear the story of Jesus. See, godly leaders are not just available. They pay attention to what God is doing. They pay attention to what God is doing. That's, that's a great 
great lesson for us to learn. There are some of us, some of us who in the last year have wondered, where has God gone? What has happened? The world's in, the world's in pandemic. Everything's crazy and, and nothing feels like it used to feel. What is God doing? But God has been at work. Next Sunday, we're going to tell you some of those places that God has been at work, some of the amazing things that he's done. But, but let me just give you, give you a little bit of insight into one of them. Some of you are here, and a year ago in January, you were in Bangladesh on a work camp with members of this church and some other churches here in central Indiana. And one of the, one of the young people that you, that you met in that time was, uh, was a young man named Panoy. And earlier this year, since, since first of the year, just a couple of months ago now, his house and his, and his aunt's house, who lived next door to him, burned completely to the ground. You know, we didn't make an appeal for an offering here at the church. Some of you who were on the trip contacted me, our regional coordinator for Asia, Don Armstrong, and, and Toppen Borman, the leader of the Church of God in Bangladesh. They, they reached out, and, and some of you who had been on that trip, you, you said, hey, pastor, we want to help, and, and you gave some money to help rebuild those houses. There were some other funds that had been given throughout the year in memory of people in this church. One lady whose funeral I preached this year who would pray every day for every missionary that she knew and she had a list that she kept and she prayed for them day by day and, and when she passed away, her family had given some money and said, hey, do, do something with this that mom would wanna do. And, and you know what we did? We sent it to Bangladesh. And, and when we did, I, I got pictures back within, within days of the cleanup and the start of the reconstruction. You see, when you make yourself available to God and then you pay attention to what God is doing, then like Lydia, suddenly something begins to shift in your heart. Something begins to shift in your life. Something begins to open your eyes. and You begin to see something differently than you saw it before. See, the, the problem for many of us is we have looked for God in all the places we expect God. But God is at work everywhere. So learn to see what he's doing. Make yourself available to God. And then, and then pay attention to what God is doing. Look at the way Luke says it. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul. See, there were other people at the riverside. There were other people who were at the Sabbath worship. There were other people who, who heard the words that came out of Paul's mouth. But what God did was he opened Lydia's heart and said, Lydia, hey, look, pay attention. This is for you. This Mother's Day, my, my prayer for you, my prayer all this week as we've been prepping for this day is that you, whether you're male or female, would today not only be available to God, not only pay attention to God, but, but allow the Spirit of God to open your heart, to open your heart in such a way that when you see what God's doing, you step in and say, you know what, here's what I want to do. I want to do whatever God asks me to do. See, godly leaders, when their heart's open, they, they respond with faith to God's Spirit at work. They respond with faith to to what God wants to do in their life. And, and when they do, everything changes. Everything changes. Look, after she was baptized, I mean, there was a river there, right? 
And she went there thinking that the river was for the cleansing rituals of the, of the Jewish faith that she couldn't participate in, but she could to a certain degree. As a God-fearer, she could be a part of it, but she wasn't Hebrew, and so she would always be just a little bit on the outside. And, and when she heard Paul tell about Jesus and the fact that he came for every person, that he died on a cross and was ra- raised on the third day for every person, she suddenly got it. When the Spirit of God began to open her heart, and she, she didn't just pay attention to the Word, she opened herself and she responded to Him. She said, hey, you know what? I'm going to follow this Jesus. In fact, in fact, it wasn't just her. It was her and her household as well. See, Lydia, Lydia laid the path, the path that you and I are invited to walk on too the path of responding to what we see God doing. This Mother's Day, I, I want to ask you to not just pay attention to what God's doing, not just make yourself available to what God's doing, but, but I want to ask you to respond to it. I, I want to ask you to respond with faith, to say, you know what, God, I know it's a pandemic, I know, I, know, I know people are still dying from this disease. I, I, I know that the, the world is trying to figure out which way to turn and what's going on. But you know what, God? It didn't surprise you. And so I, I, I want you to lead me. Remember, Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke, they, they showed up in Philippi because they had seen a vision of a man asking them to come and help. And the greatest help they could give was to tell the story of Jesus to a group of women, and one of them, Lydia. Lydia responded with faith. You see, godly leaders who are available, godly leaders who pay attention, godly leaders respond with faith, and then something shifts in them. See, godly leaders become people who are persuasive and prevailing. You say, what, what do you mean, Pastor? Persuasive and prevailing. Well, look what Lydia did after she was baptized. She urged us, saying, if you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, in other words, if you think what I just did was real, if you think I really believe in what you've told me and my baptism is real, then I want you to come to my house and stay with me. And, and, and Paul, Paul and Silas and Timothy and Luke are like, wait a minute, lady, we don't even know you. I mean, what do you mean, come to your house? We don't even know you. But she kept after them. She kept prevailing upon them. And in fact, in the original language, that, that word is like, she just would not stop. See, godly leaders... Once they've had an experience with Jesus Christ, once, once they've chosen to respond in faith to what they see God doing, godly leaders become people who are persuasive and prevailing. And ladies and gentlemen, that's who the world is needing right now. Men and women who are willing to be persuasive, willing to prevail upon people and say, you know what, I need you to know what Jesus did for me. And so this morning, I just want to ask you, I want to ask you if this Mother's Day, in addition to the brunch, in addition to the gifts, you, you did get the gifts, right? 
If not, it's the early service. You can get it later, all right? In addition to all of those things, I, I want to ask you, would, would you, would you embrace the reality that you're a leader and that you've been chosen to lead? You, you've been chosen to respond with faith and to, and to be someone who is so changed by God that like Lydia, you launch an entire movement. You see, in the next few days and weeks from Lydia's house, Paul and Timothy and Silas and Luke impact that entire Roman colony with the message of Jesus Christ. And years later, there's a little book in your New Testament called Philippians. It was written to the people who came to know Jesus in Philippi. And if you ever read it, you'll find it's a place where, where Paul just embraces a group of people, tells them how grateful he is for everything they've ever done. You see, Lydia's hospitality spread over into all of her family and all of her friends and the entire city of Philippi in the believers who followed Jesus just like she did. Lydia was the first, but she wasn't the last. You won't be either. This Mother's Day, I invite you to realize you've been chosen to lead. And God, God wants to make a way in your life through whatever it is you're facing right now. If you will be available, if you'll pay attention, if you will respond in faith, you'll become persuasive and prevailing in what He wants to do in your life. Would you pray with me? Abba, Papa, we ask you today to open our hearts through your Spirit the same way you open Lydia's. We ask you today to make a way in our life, in our world, in our home, the way you did in Lydia's. And we ask you, on this day when our culture celebrates all the women around us, that you would allow us to celebrate them, but also to celebrate all the people you've chosen to lead. May we, may we walk the path where you make the way for us. For it's in the strong name of Jesus Christ that we pray.